0: New York, it's Ask An Engineer.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada. With me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Adafruit factory. That's the real background. This is where we do of our manufacturing and kitting and shipping and designing and videoing. As we're doing right now, we've got a jam-packed show for you. One hour of the latest news in maker, hacker, artist, engineer, Uh, news and more products, videos, tutorials. It's all here, plus some cool retro stuff. What's on tonight's show, Mr. Ladiator?
0: On tonight's show, the code is WIZKIT, 10% off in the native restore, all the way up to 1159 p.m. Or if uh, I crash out and uh, I fall asleep and don't turn the code off, you might be able to use it a little bit longer. But load up your cart now, and don't forget to save 10% off. It supports us, an open-source hardware company manufacturing here in New York City. Talk about some Adafruit Fruit Live series of shows that we do each week, including Show and Tell. We just did that a few moments ago. Time Travel, Look Around the World, Makers, Hackers, Artists and Engineers and more. Retro Tech, we got a bunch of cool things that we've been sharing online. Um, Some things that'll bring back memories and then some things that a lot of people haven't even seen before.
1: Some I've never seen.
0: From the mailbag, your letters, tweets and more to our team, we read those. Help wanted some jobs from the jobs board at adafruitjobs.adafruit.com. You can post your jobs or you can post the skills you have. And we approve all of these to make sure it's uh, all legit. And uh, check it out if you want to either get someone amazing to work for your company or your organization or your project or post up your skills if you're looking to uh, get out there in the world and do some projects with people.
2: Yeah.
0: I have some made in New York City factory footage, some 3D printing, I on MPI, New products. Top secret. We answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord where there's about thirty three thousand of us.
1: We're all friendly. Twenty four
0: seven. Hang out there. Even when when we're not live. Yeah, you have thirty three thousand friends when you join there. (laughs) All that and more on you guessed it, ask an engineer. Okay. Um, first up, before we uh, do some show things, I wanted to give some folks some updates. And obviously we live in the world, so we should uh, talk about some other stuff. So as of right now, as you can see, uh, we're not wearing masks in New York. The protocols are starting to change. Uh, we're completely alone here right now. And uh, we're able to not wear masks. We also live together, vaccinated. Our team is still wearing masks uh, in all the different common areas. And then um, depending on the situation where they're at, what they're doing, they're making smart decisions and taking off their masks, it's time. Uh, we went to a concert. Um, things are starting uh, to, to change pretty rapidly and the numbers are looking pretty good. I think in New York City, the positivity rate is like almost under 1%. We're inching closer and yeah. closer and closer. It hasn't been this slow since like July of last year. Mm-hmm. So for folks that are you know trying to figure out what's gonna happen next or if you're running a, a business, you know we're in New York City, and it's uh, been really challenging for the last couple of years, but the direction is still going in the right way. Just wanted to let folks know um, things are going good. And we're looking forward to uh, this being a chapter that we got through in the best way possible together. Next up, New York City right now, um, as you can imagine, because we have the largest Ukrainian population in the world besides Ukraine, um, that might change because of the, the refugee situation soon. Uh, this was Washington Square Park. Uh, we went to a uh, peace demonstration, um, folks got together and uh, basically wanted to say, hey, uh, we don't want to be invaded. So we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know how this is going to affect uh, things, but uh, obviously this is a good example of how we all need to advance the cause of peace, building things together, um, sharing good values together because uh, this is going to be a a thing that is going to affect all of us very soon. Um, One of the things that I thought I'd mention is this show that you're watching right now is powered by a Ukrainian company, Restream.io. They have two locations, one capital of Ukraine and they've been working to get their employees out and help them and then Austin, Texas. And so if you want to um, find out more about a company that if you're watching Ask an Engineer, you're you're watching something that has a, a big impact on uh, some people's lives. So they put together a good resource page over on Restream. So just go to Restream.io. And um, let me go to the uh, computer over here. Um, for resources, especially for the humanitarian efforts, that's where I think we're all going to be able to have the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. Um, Check out the places you can donate, the relief for families that are going to other locations, uh, the Ukrainian Red Cross Society. Um, And I know that there's a lot of uh, caution that you should have if you're gonna donate money or figure out what you can do, but these folks for sure are on the ground and they're doing what they can to get the word out. So that is what's going on here. Um, we'll continue to provide updates and more um, as we have them. But, uh, you know, we're all hoping for peace and uh, it's, it's not good. It sucks. Okay. So let's uh, kick it off, Lady Ada, yeah. and start the show. Um, like I mentioned, WizKit is the code. If people are adding things to their cart, they get free stuff.
1: That's right. We're still doing freebies. And you order from Adafruit.com. Uh, $99 or more, you get a free PermaProto half size breadboard. It's great for making your projects permanent from a solderless breadboard. $149 or more, you get a free Stemma um, QT board. We have various sensors and devices available. Uh, and 299 or more, you get... Uh, sorry, $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States.
0: Okay. We have a live series of shows that we do every single week. We just finished up one of our longest-running ones, Show & Tell. We were on the Show & Tell this week, Lady Ada. Um, we had a bunch of folks on the Show & Tell. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to uh, make a suggestion. Folks should watch it after this show, of course. You can check out any of our channels. But there is uh, Paint Your Dragons Book Club Of the month. That's what I'm calling this. And it was was, uh, about Pixar, and it was the biography of the founder of Pixar.
1: No, the biography of the Pixel.
0: The Pixel, sorry. I thought it it was, sorry. He
1: worked at Pixar. Sorry, he
0: worked at Pixar. And
1: so he worked on the Pixel. That's right,
0: sorry. (laughs) I'm getting my Pixars and Pixels confused. I know. I know. Um, But it was really neat because he had, yeah, because it was all about the uh, original formats, like what is an alpha channel, and and, uh, how things like Toy Toy Story eventually came along. But I thought that was really neat. And then um, I showed off, um, this uh, pop-up book. Uh, cause I said if, if Phil B. shows a, a book, I'll show a book. This is the book that I showed. This is inside the personal computer. And it's a pop-up book that has um, a bunch of uh, retro computer things. Well, the retro now. At the time, maybe they weren't. And a uh, really good explainer on how computers work and more. It's still relevant. And then um, this is my favorite page. This is uh, the one with uh, the floppy drive. And then uh, the last page Wait, has. I have to show the floppy disk. You want to show this?
1: Hold on, I'm just going to grab it carefully. It, that, it says hard to remove. as a normal floppy disk? Yeah. All oh, right. a floppy disk. And
0: then uh, there's floppy disk there. And then this is uh, cathode, how that works. And then this is a printer. I like this one. deep. So, anyways, check that out. Good booker book recommendations on the show this week. Desk of Lady Ada. That's a show that we do every single Sunday. Correct. Lady Ada, what was on the show? And Sorry, the, what was on desk of Lady Ada
1: Part 1 this week? Uh, well, I showed off. I've been working more on Pi camera stuff uh, this weekend. Um, it's an ESP32 S2 board with uh, an OV5640 camera and a TFT display uh, and some buttons. So you can, like, take photos and save them. And I demoed that. Uh, we also showed off. we're working on the Atari view, video machine. Uh, Atari video music machine. Um, it's, it's kind of cool old 70s retro like stereo system addendum thing that um, c- will uh, create like cool visual effects based on audio input and uh, it had RF input and I just showed how I um, changed that to be NTSC. Okay,
0: then we have the great search and the great search is when you use all your powers of engineering to find things on digikey.com. What did you look for this week?
1: Right, so what I want to do for the Atari video music machine is I want to change it from being NTSC to S-Video because S-Video will give you um, slightly better um, color quality because the color is separated, the chroma is separated from the luma, Um, color and brightness are on separate channels. Um, So I went and showed how I got a perfectly fitting panel mount S-Video connector, um, so it'll replace the RF connector because like almost no monitors these days have RF input anymore. It's very, very rare. Um, so I, we removed the RF cable in a way that you can be, of course, replaced later. Um, and we're gonna add S video output, which will, uh, be converted to HDMI.
0: All right. And then we had JP's product pick of the week. We do that on Tuesday. That's where we broadcast live inside the product page and you get a discount automatically. You don't have to put in a code or anything. Here is this week's highlight from product pick of the week from JP.
3: Seven segment Stemma QT backpack. It has that. HT16K33 multiplexer there that deals with all of the pins of all these many, many LEDs. And then you get to talk to it right over Stemma QT. So here you can see, I have one, this is the red, and then I've put a little bit of a diffusing gel over it. So here, this is actually scrolling the IP address that this little cutie pie with its little antenna there are picking up on my router. So I flash all the lights on, off, run a little animation a few times, say IP, address and then I'll blink a little bit while I'm waiting for that to come up. And this is actually a routine this blink routine is built right into the library as well. So now once it when it once it uh, grabs that address it kind of scoots that other so the characters' off there and just starts uh, running my address on here. the four digit seven segment backpack with stemma QT.
0: Okay, JP's workshop is tomorrow, and uh, JP sent me this video right before our shows. This is uh, a cool thing that you can do with, if it's the ESP32, 32. 32, you could do with PS RAM. video out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check this out. P32 can't do?
1: It can do anything, just <laughs> weirdly.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, and then uh, we also have a CircuitPython Parsec. We do these every Thursday. Here is the latest one.
3: For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I want to show some more display IO stuff. This time it's going to be positioning. I've got this little pill shape, this is actually a round rectangle, and I've set it up on this OLED feather wing so that I can use the A and C buttons to slide this left and right, move that around, kinda like a little paddle in Arkanoid or Breakout, and I can also hit the B button to reset it. First of all, we're going to import some libraries, including the display I/O library, and in this case, the display shapes round rectangle. Then I set up the display, and I create this object right here. The round rect is a round rect, and I position it at uh, zero and a particular height, as well as a width and height of the object. I'm deriving those from the display itself, so this is somewhat portable code. And then I'm setting this to have a radius of eight around those corners. I fill it black and put a little white outline on it with a stroke of one. Then as I, in the main loop of the program, adjust buttons, we're simply changing the position. So I have a variable called xPause, and I'm either subtracting from it or adding to it. And then I'm updating the object with this line right here, roundRect.x equals xPause. So as that x position changes, so does the position of the round rectangle. The middle button here sets this to be center of the screen, and then the button on the right adds to it. And so that's a really simple way to use the x-positioning on an object inside of display.io to move things around. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec.
0: All right, and then on Friday, deep dive with Scott. This is the last one Scott's doing. Well, he's on paternity leave, so Tim Foaminga will be taking the reins for a little bit while Scott's out. So tune in on Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m eastern
1: all win amp every week when me guys <laughs> there's a lot on. of it
0: all right time travel all right first up uh for time travel just a little bit of reminder we should be shipping AdaBox box soon we are subject to the same part shortage as everyone else so we're calling this a winter spring edition uh thanks for your patience of course uh if you want to drop out that's okay there's a lot of people who want to Uh, get into that slot but uh, we also appreciate uh, that you're waiting as uh, parts come in and they are starting to it's just you know a little slower than I think everyone on planet earth would like but uh, no surprise I'm sure everyone's aware of this for all the things that they want and need there's always a little bit of a delay right now Uh, this is Women's History Month we just wrapped up Black History Month on the site and uh, we got a lot going on on the site so if you check our blog slash blog or blog.adafruit.com. you can look at a few things. We have a celebrating women maker guide. Um, I want to go to the site and uh, let me try to get here. it's Valentine's guide we got a lot of we mm. have a lot of things celebrating there go. women makers. So um, you can see that here you can go to our blog. it's one of our featured blog posts and if you want to um, support women makers, you can check out the guide and uh, not only look at the learn guides, but you can look at products that we stock from amazing women who make and sell electronics, book authors, and more. So we'll have blog posts every single day. And uh, if there's someone amazing who happens to be a woman for Women's History Month, just send us an email and we'll get it up on the blog. Mailbag. All right. fact, the mailbag is here. And this week, Back. yeah, well, this week, I thought we would do a tweet. So we get emails, we get forum posts, we get, sometimes people leave us voicemail messages, but uh, I try to mix it up a little bit this week. This is from Kevin. Kevin says, the Adafruit learning system is literally second to none. I recommend it to anyone who wants to learn robotics, electronics, and programming. This is what world-class looks like. Thank you, Kevin.
1: I kind of like that saying, second to none.
0: Second to none. Because,
1: like, second to none is one, so yeah. it's number one. But, like, why say that when you can say okay. second to none?
0: All right. Every single week, usually seven days a week now, we're publishing a bunch of retro tech stuff. So this is stuff from the past. Um, Most of the time it's technology. Sometimes tomorrow is going to be a little bit of a different one. Um, Sometimes, yeah, science fiction related maybe. Um, But we show these so you get inspiration on how things used to be designed or how electronics has changed or maybe you had one of these things when you were younger, or maybe someone told you about it, or you just want to think about designing something so it's not just a black rectangle. And uh, this week, we have a few things. This is a very weird and rare Nintendo keyboard called the ASCII. And, uh, it looks fake, <laughs> but it's it, not. It looks fake, and it was only for, like, one specific game. Um, and it works with the GameCube, and this is a full-on keyboard and a game controller.
1: It looks so heavy <laughs> That's right. Look at the little trigger knobs. We could have had this as our future.
0: Well, it's still not too late. Um, so you could uh, check it out. We also posted photos of the packaging. I think the packaging from the 90s is also really neat and how things were made and displayed. Next up, we have. The Coleco Zodiac Astrology Computer. I posted up a preview, and I said, what do you think this is? And folks said, it's a Stargate. It's a handheld Stargate. So what this does, you enter in um, your birthday, your information, and then you get your horoscope. Ooh. Comes with a book, and uh, we have a full blog post on how to use it. Along with the history. And Sydney Omar is the... uh, astrologer behind this so oh, you can <laughs> so you can read all about it. Wait, is that
1: sitting in the middle there?
0: And we I know, uh, and we also have a uh, commercial from the 80s in it. So, check this wow. out. Mattel made a competing one as well. So, uh that's kind of neat. You just don't see electronics that look like this anymore. I
1: love Calico cuz it's like it's they're like a leather company and they're like but we're going to get into computers. So, right. they actually made some good stuff.
0: And speaking of unique form factors, uh, I previewed this a little bit, this is the Defiant from Deep Space Nine CD player, right? and the best thing to play is of course the Deep Space Nine um, original soundtrack, so um, you listen to it with your Starfleet issue headphones, and here's a little bit of a video. We posted up a uh, guess oh, what this is. is this? We've been doing this each day. So he said, "Guess what this is," and uh, usually it's a close-up of the photos that we post a little bit later. This is the Polaroid Onyx Special Edition Clear
1: Polaroid this, camera. Look at this bitchin' clear <laughs> camera. There was
0: there was a time and place where if you wanted to do something special and show uh, your technology off,
1: it's like that weird, like brownish clear. That's right that like we like we really don't make stuff with this you had one of tent. these when you got
0: your Delorean
1: this was yeah
0: and so uh, this is uh the ox and like uh, it was an anniversary edition for the Polaroid, really cool, and it just goes to show you don't have to design things that hide all the electronics you can show them proudly Lady um, Gaga
1: should have just re-released this
0: yeah, well, yeah she was. Just for those who were wondering the reference, you know, Polaroid is uh, kind of more of a holding company right now. They license out the brand, so for a limited period of time, I think they had Lady Gaga as the creative director. I don't think anything came out of it. Um, The other thing is, this is the box. uh, Polaroid Spectre System, Onyx, and this is a hologram. Back when we used to put holograms on things. Um,
1: It's so futuristic.
0: Yeah, so it just gives you a little, you know.
1: Is it like some weird ray trace thing in the back?
0: Uh, This is the box that came in. No,
1: no, inside the box. What's that, like, weird? It's a photo. Yeah. Yeah. Of the future.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So uh, tune into the blog and social media and all sorts of places where we post content and more, and you'll see more of these things. Just look at this. It's a beautiful, beautiful camera. Okay. Help wanted. Okay, you can go to jobs at Adafruit.com, poster jobs up or poster skills this week. Uh, there's a few, but I just wanted to post up this one. This is from Six Paths Consulting. It's remote and it's consultancy on a power monitoring project. So if you ever used any of Adafruit's hardware to power monitoring, guess what? You probably could do this job. All right. Python on hardware time, lady Ada. I'm ready. All right. We have a bunch going on in the world of Python on hardware. First up, I guess big news is uh Moo. one I
1: don't
0: remember
1: the exact one, version. But it's out.
0: It is out. There's a neat little making of Moo video. Um, but if you go to the Moo site and I also I'll go here, um, you could check out all of the uh, new features, updates and more. Um, Nicholas posted up a uh, Video, it's a little bit of a time lapse that has all of the contributions over years. Yeah, and you could see all the people in the faces because software is made by people. Um, But there's fixes, there's updates, there's more um, language translations in there. So if you're using this, check it out and uh, onward to uh, Moo 2.0. I know a lot of folks are it. Moo is such a
1: great beginner IDE.
0: Yeah, it's our favorite one. Um, CircuitPython 7.2.0 release, so far so good. Uh, we haven't had any um, bug reports or really anything, so we think this one's really solid. 7.2.0 is the door. Please download it, try it out. Um, we do have ESP32, S3, S2 support in
1: there now. Yeah, S3 and C3 is C3. coming. Um, we, we're still fixing a lot of bugs, updates. Um, keep posting up your issues, because we're, we're squishing bugs, you know, whenever we add more capabilities. Um, but async is really well supported now, so if you want to do uh, concurrency processing code, like please try out async and let us know how it goes.
0: Okay, yeah, it was often asked for. Um, then we celebrated ten years of Raspberry Pi. Um, wow, ten years! It's been I a remember. Decade. I remember when we decided to uh, stock the Raspberry Pi. I
1: remember. I, I, know, I remember I, the first time. I we knew
0: where went. we were when mm. we were. When yeah. We decided, and uh, ten years goes by pretty fast. So,
1: also very slowly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, check out the uh, blog post on RaspberryPi.org, the interview with Evan, and um, I think one of the things that you've said about it, it is, it is one of the things that really popularized Python, because a Raspberry Pi, the Pi, doesn't just stand for Pi. I mean,
1: Python for hardware, this is, you know, this was an essential part of the CircuitPython journey as well, because we had been doing, before CircuitPython on MicroPython, we had been doing, um, we had ported our libraries over to the Raspberry Pi so people could use the hardware that we'd originally written in Arduino. We would port it over to Python. And so um, starting the idea of having SPI and I2C bus support and how to, like, talk to registers um, in Python, and a lot of that stuff got uh, turned into CircuitPython, the way that CircuitPython works for us. So it's, it's all been one big story in trying to make everything very cohesive.
0: All right. And then, um, congratulations, Paul, for launching Circuit Python Show! Yay. Yay! So episode one is with Katni. I wanted to play the trailer, and then um, I'll see you on
2: the other side. Trailer's only fifteen seconds. Welcome to the Circuit Python Show. I'm your host, Paul Cutler. Each episode, I'll be in conversation with someone doing something with or near Circuit Python and its community. In this first episode, I'll be talking with Katni Ramar. Katni is a mentor, maker, open source community leader, technical writer, and embedded software developer. She's sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython.
0: And you can watch it on YouTube if you want to. You can download it with your favorite, uh, people still call them podcatchers. I don't know if they call them that, I did. Um, And uh, you can also subscribe to it on YouTube. You can watch it, you can listen to it. You can use Apple, you can use Spotify, you can use any of the podcatching tools. You want. And then um, I think the upcoming one is Les, who writes it, Thomas. Les Harvard. Founder, yeah.
1: So and tune his in. magical collection of boards.
0: Yep. And if you want, you can go to circuitpythonshow.com, sign up for the newsletter, get the episodes, latest, learn about it, all that, and more. If you want to be a guest on the show, go there, and you can even send your info in. Probably talk about some cool stuff you know in CircuitPython. And that is Python on our, uh, hardware newsletter recap this week.
1: Yay. Blinka, blinka.
0: Okay, Lady Data. We're an open source hardware company. It's true. We do lots of things, and one of the outputs is open source hardware. To prove it, we post up our code. We put it under a license that you can share. We also do a bunch of learning guides. We have 2,630. What is on the big board this week.
1: Okay, so guys, this week, JP wrote a touch tone phone, dial a song, uh, this is kind of neat because using, I think, a RP2040 Feather um, to read the the keypad on a phone without making it so it's like damaged, you don't always return it back to its old state. And then hooking into the speaker, um, so when you pick up the phone, it detects that you've, the phone's picked up and it plays a dial tone. And then, you know, it plays the tones as you press the keys. There's, all this like, sounds like not hard, but it actually is, is quite challenging to do. Um, and when certain phone numbers are dialed, it'll play a song. So it's like it's separate from the phone system, but it feels just like a normal phone. So it could be really fun for art projects or installations. Or just if you want a phone to call up and you don't want to call anybody. Okay. Um, we, also did, oh, we also did a guide on flippy floppies. Um, if you have a, a standard teak five and a quarter drive, you want to use it to read flippy disks. Um, Jepler wrote up a great little guide um, on how to use um, one of our optical sensors to um, detect to, to self detect the index pulse. And what's neat is that um, he has a little 3D printed case with a switch, and uh, you can just flip back and forth and uh, you don't need any special software. It just you know, magically works as a flippy disk when reading it with a fluxor. Um, Liz also wrote a massive guide on MIDI for makers. Check it out. It's like everything. It's got great examples um, for MIDI on various boards with USB, with UART, with BLE. Inputs, outputs, buttons, potentiometers. You, you got it. Um, I think we added uh, a note to the Feather Sense. I think maybe um, it's because it's got a uh, SPM bug in uh, Nordic SDK. We documented that. Uh, Noah and Pedro did a fun um, uh, sketch drawing toy with CircuitPython, which is similar, but not exactly the same as another etcher and sketcher type toy, which you may be familiar with. But this one is all in CircuitPython with TFTs and colors, and also more updates to the Feather ESP32-S2 TFT Feather Guide.
0: All right, let's do some New York City factory footage. And it wouldn't be New York City factory footage without a view outside our front window. This is Disney. This is the new Disney hotel that everyone's <laughs> talking about. Welcome to the, the Disney hotel. This is
1: the Star Freighter.
0: This is right. This Actually, is, this is the uh, this is Death Star under this construction. Star <laughs> do you want to go back to when we made the Death Star? That's right. Family packages are available. DeathstarDisney.com. Okay, let's do some 3D printing stuff. All right, we got two videos. We're going to play these back to back. This is the sketching thing.
1: Sketcher, sketcher, sketch, sketch like sketch entity. and etcher.
0: The sketch like entity. And then yeah. we're going to do a cute uh, speed up uh, that has this little robot that goes down a ramp. Take it away, now, Pedro.
2: Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a sketch drawing toy with CircuitPython and 3D printing. We thought it'd be fun to make a simple sketch drawing toy using the Feather M4 and a 2.4 inch TFT Featherwing. We designed a snap-fit case to house the electronics and added a rechargeable battery to make it portable. The TFT Featherwing features extra header pins so the wiring is relatively nice and neat. It's running CircuitPython and uses the display I.O. library to draw pixels on the TFT display. You can use the two knobs to move the cursor up, down, left and right. The toggle switch lets you do a pen up and down so you can turn off drawing to make separate shapes. Clearing the screen is done with a simple press of a button. The code for this project was written in CircuitPython by Carter Nielsen. You can easily customize the code by changing the values in the user config section like the background color or the sketch scale. We think it's a great jump off point for folks who want to add more features or if you're just getting started. CircuitPython makes it easy to jump in and get your projects up and running. I designed the case in CAD and used several models of the electronics. 3D models of the feather and the display are available to download so you can use them in your projects. Be sure to check out the learn guide for full tutorial on building your own sketch drawing toy. We hope this inspires you to get started with CircuitPython and make fun projects. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
0: Forget every single Wednesday at eleven AM thirty hangouts where you can learn to make all this stuff and more with knowing Pedro. All right, Lydia, before we go into INMPI, just a reminder, WizKit's code. Um, we gotta pay bills sometimes. Yeah. So uh, we use regular regular old money too. They're not taking pictures of
1: pigeons
0: <laughs> pigeons and penguins yet. Uh, we don't have any of those anyways. Um, but uh, please use the code and you save some stuff. Like uh 10%. Like
1: 10%? On everything in the store.
0: And you get free stuff too. OK, let's do MPI.
1: That's right. On MPI.
0: This week's MPI is from Challenge Electronics. Yes. Lydia. what is MPI this week?
1: I'm always excited to have a new company to feature on MPI. Uh, Not that I don't love the Maxims and the analogs and TI's, but I also like to support and promo the smaller companies. And Challenge Electronics, they make, uh, you know, piezos, speakers, boxes, enclosures, battery holders and stuff. And they're in upstate New York. I so, know. Well, they're in New York, at least. Um, so this week's I and MPI is their series of waterproof battery holders. And check it out, it even says on it, waterproof battery holders. These are IP65 battery holders in a couple different configurations. Um, so we stock battery holders like this and the Adafruit shop. Um, you know, a lot of electronics these days are sealed, you know, rectangles with a built-in um, uh, Li-Poly battery and charger, and um, that does make them, you know, usually less expensive, harder to mess up. But it also means it's really hard to change out the batteries. You know, if you if you're if you have an old phone and you have to change out the battery, you usually have to go to like a specialty place, or you like put it in the microwave or like the heating thing in the microwave and remove it. But you know, if your product or project uses a AA or AAA batteries is going to be a lot more field or user replaceable, which could be important. Um, also, the leakage on an alkaline battery can be a lot lower than um, a LiPoly battery. So there there are definitely times, and like lithium batteries work very well in cold temperatures. So there's there's definitely times when um, alkaline batteries or sorry, AA, triple batteries are the way to go. Um, the only problem with these open battery cases is they're inexpensive, but it's easy for dust and moisture to get in. Um, and so this is actually a battery corrosion because the battery is corroded. I, I found this uh, photo on Flickr. Um, but um, the, the idea is similar. you know water gets in, you've got these contacts. Um, they're metal, there's metal on metal contacts that they get oxidized, um, they get damp, they get dirty, and then the batteries make um, bad connectivity. So not good. also usually the contacts are another way to get um, you know water into your electronics. So, you know, what if we had a battery case that was more waterproof? Um, so this is the CAB series. Um, they come in two times AAA, two times AA, and three times AA. All of them are IP65. Um, I'll show them on the overhead in a little bit, but they've got four screws. Um, and they've got red and black cables coming out about six inches or eight inches there. and. Um, you know, to remove the batteries you unscrew it but you know the whole thing is ip65 so it's it's nice and durable um good for your dust proofness or waterproofness and here is the ingress protection ratings guide so one thing to note is that um, ip65 is dust proof and good against jets of water but it is not good for um dunking underwater so this isn't like for your pool but this would be good for um, outdoor, uh, you know, uh, something that's in the weather, basically something that has rain, you know, jets of water coming at it. Um, let's say you make a, a, wanna make a, a LoRa sensor node and you want it to transmit data only once in a while. You want a p- battery powered off of AA or AAA so people can come by every month and uh, replace the batteries. It's, it's user or field replaceable. This would be a really good battery pack um, because it could be outside, uh, nicely protected and uh, very easy to open up when you need to access the batteries. Come in multiple sizes and they're all in stock. So you can Available actually. Available
0: on DigiKey. Oh my gosh, things are in stock. This is what is the challenge for a lot of things when we want to showcase them on our shows now because, one, sometimes they're really popular and not in stock. Sometimes it's our fault. People will say, I really want that, and then they buy them all up. But this yeah. time, we're, this is a, a new, new uh, company that we're spotlighting.
1: Yes. So let's go to the overhead, and I'll show it off really quickly. I just want to show um, how this is put together. So this is, I have one of each. Uh, This is the 2AA, and this is the 3AA. So you open it very easily. You just use a Phillips uh, screwdriver to open it up. I like the four screws because it really, um, I'll show the gasket inside. Um, This makes really good contact. And they're nice stainless steel machine screws as well. And then you can see here, there's this little rubber gasket. So um, this part has a lip. You can kind of see here, there's this kind of, uh, hold on, It's tough to see because it's so small. Uh, there is like a little lip here, if you can see that. And oh, actually, it's a little easier to see on the bottom. See this little lip here, this little groove? This groove fits into... Um, this groove here, which has a rubber bit inside. Um, and it's a solid piece of rubber that goes all the way around. And that's what gives it that you know, protection. As long as you screw it down, um, the lip bites into the rubber. And the rubber is what makes the seal. So um, if you're going to get waterproof stuff or weatherproof stuff, make sure that it has a, a rubber gasket. Um, you know, it's not enough to just use you know, plastic overlap. That's not uh, water jet or dust uh, safe. But these look very well made, uh, really nice, good contacts, good spring even says challenge on the inside. And if you need a custom sized one, um, they, they I think they do their molding here in New York, they can probably hook you up, so quote them. If you need a uh, D cell or nine volt or maybe you want four times AAA. Um, they can make a custom one for you.
0: Okay, and that's this week's Hi on INMPI Okay, we're going to do new products before you do new products. Don't forget the code is WizKit. You can start loading up the cart now. And don't forget, you get a bunch of free stuff the more you add to your cart. Okay, are you ready, Lady Ada? I'm
1: ready. All right, hit it. All
0: right, you're probably wondering why the code was WizKit, but here's why.
1: Yeah. So this is um, a kit from. Uh, it's called the RFID Wiz, and this is from Smooth Technology. Um, and uh, Smooth Technology actually, um, the the main designer uh, used to be an Adafruit peep, so it's great to see um, folks going off and designing their own kits, and then we get to stock it. Um, so they do a lot of escape rooms and installation and art exhibits, and there's a lot of things where it's like you want a card that will turn something on or off, like it's a, it's like you know when you touch something to something else, something happens, and you know, if you know Arduino, yeah, it's not too hard to code up. But a lot of people they don't want to um, do all the wiring and the relay and you know the protection circuit and all that stuff. So this is a um, board that has an ATtiny on it, and you can see it plugs into the red board is an RFID reader, and the blue button is the program button. So what you can do is you hold a card over it and you hold down the the you know learn button, and it learns about that card. And then you see when she um, moves the card back and forth, the green light indicates, and you can't see hear the um, relay, because this is a GIF, not a uh, movie, um, but the relay is turning on and off. And so it's really, really easy way you just power it with 12 volts. You get a relay out. The relay can do, I think, 240 volts up to maybe, yeah, 240, 250 volts AC up to 10 amps. So you can control pretty um, significant uh, equipment with it um, and uh, you know, basically just use this for art projects, installations, museums, escape rooms, you know, uh, automation inside your home. Yeah,
0: and on the product page, there's a couple videos that are linked in the photos. Just click through mm-hmm. and you can see uh, both of them. They put together some really good videos. Yes. Next up.
1: Okay, next up, we have a STEM cutification of the ADXL 343, so this is a revision. Um, this board is still red. This was a collaboration project between us and DigiKey and Analog Devices. Uh, before they, uh, no, actually, analog devices, still devices. Um, is still analog devices. This white why it's red, because um, ADI and uh, DigiKey both uh, like the color red. And uh, this features the ADXL343. It's very, very, very similar to the ADXL345, um, but it's very affordable. Now comes in a Stemma QT format um, with two Stemma QT ports, so it's plug and play. This is a great, solid triple-axis accelerometer. I really, really suggest this for, like, Rock solid performance. You don't get weird, flaky behavior. It's like tried and true. This is like a decade old, uh, or more, 15 year old um, accelerometer chip for analog devices. So it's it's well established. Does I think uh, 2, 4, and 16 uh, plus or minus G? It's on the back, actually. Can you go? Yeah. Sorry. Plus minus 2, 4, 8, and 16 G. So good for every all around purpose uh, accelerometering.
0: All right. Next up.
1: We've also got a new revision for the uh, ESP32-S2 Um This board came out. It was good, but I made a little mistake on the low power mode for deep sleep. It's been fixed. I also rotated the antenna, so it's pointing out. and get, like, 3 dB better gain, so, you know, more gain is better gain. Um, otherwise, it's the same, so it's just upgraded and updated. Um, it's adorable. It can run CircuitPython. It can run Arduino. It's got... Uh, four megabytes of flash, two megabytes of PS RAM, all inside that little chip. So um, a great little board if you want to uh, have a miniature Arduino or CircuitPython Wi-Fi-capable microcontroller that's like fingernail-sized.
0: All right, and the start of the show tonight, besides you, our community, our customers, our team here at Adafruit, and everyone who helps run the shows and all the things here. And more is...
1: Yay, it's a TFT. People love TFTs. This is a 1.9-inch... IPS-TFT, which means it's very visible from all angles. It's truly a rectangle. I know we've done a couple round-rect displays, um, but this is a rectangular display. It's uh, 170 by 320 pixels, so it's quite a few pixels. It's got kind of, kind, of, like kind of a long, longish view, um, but could be useful for some people. It's got four mounting holes um, and uh, uh, pads on the bottom. You can solder it uh, into a breadboard like this. And wired up, and then you can use um It's running the ST7789 chipset, so you can use it with Arduino or CircuitPython. Honestly, the ST7789 is so popular now, pretty much anything that supports a TFT will support this TFT. Um, just have to set the uh, width and height. On the back, it's got a micro SD card slot, so if you want to use that to store like GIFs or images or animations or whatnot, you can do that. And there's also an iSpy connector. We're going to be doing more stuff with iSpy, but we're getting started with just making sure that all of the um, boards that we ship have this connector. So people, it's kind of like a Stemma for SPI displays, make it very easy for people to um, you know, snap open and, um, and you know, connect a TFT without doing all the breadboard wiring.
0: All right, you want to show it off?
1: Yeah, I thought I could show it off real fast on the overhead. This is it with a SAMD 21 cutie pie so it's a nice crisp display as you can see it's IPS and so um, it's very visible you don't get any of the color you know I mean it, it gets a little darker because it's um, so close to the camera um, but it doesn't have uh, color distortion um, up to plus or minus 80 degrees uh, full color display I don't know it's kinda nice it's a nice little size um, you know 170 by 320 pixels it could be good for like a little text output or a control interface
0: okay and that is new products this week
1: <laughs> new no.
0: okay um, I'm gonna do the code again What's good? It all makes sense now.
1: Yes. All right, let's,
0: um, we're gonna show some top secret, but while we're doing that, load up your questions in the chat, It slash discord, join all of us. Even if we're not there, you can post questions up and our team is there, usually almost 24 seven, but uh, we're there a lot. And you can also post in our forums, you can contact customer support. There's lots of ways to connect with us and we'll also keep you excited and hopefully inspired all throughout the week, each week, as we do our things
1: we're still standing
0: yeah but for now let's do some top secret
1: yeah all right get it get out of the vault here what's in the vault today i don't even know
0: well you do because you, you did f- i did it you, you well you filmed it so oh, yeah. we have the low power thing and then we have the linux feather so yeah i'm going to play the first video and then we'll play the, the linux feather thing Yeah, all right Hi, Lady Ada,
1: what is this? Hey, I'm working on um, Rev-C of my ESP32-S2 Feather. And you might be wondering, well, why did I have to revise this? Well, I kind of messed up the power stuff a little bit because I used, um, I had the pull-up resistors connected to the three-volt line, and I'm switching on and off the power. Um, but if you look here at my PPK output, um, my power never really gets below about 720 microns, which is really, really high. If you look at my oscilloscope, the voltage never gets below 1.3 because I'm getting that leakage voltage from the uh, 2, 5, 10K pull ups. Um, they're kind of self powering or back powering the I2C bus. So with the RevC, I switched it to use a regulator. So when I swap out to this RevC PCB with the exact same code, Um, first thing is you see that the voltage definitely goes between 3 volts and ground and on the power test, zoom in.
0: And a whole lot of people wanted a Linux feather, so here's a little bit of a preview.
1: I know, data, well, what there, is this? Been- this is an all-winner F1C200S. It's the uh, big sister of the F1C100S. Uh, this is one of those kind of famous all-in-one Linux on a chip type things. It's actually got RAM built in. All it needs is some external um, uh, NOR Flash and maybe an SD card. And it's like a full Linux computer. It's not a very fast one. Um, but, you know, it may be enough to run some simple Python scripts. So I thought it would be fun to design a feather. So I started uh, the schematic capture uh, with an SD card, uh, micro USB host. and so I'm starting to lay it out where you'd have a CP2104 for the serial console. Maybe it would be battery powered, wouldn't last a long time on a battery, but you know, you could run it uh, on a battery. Uh, Micro USB host out here. And then, you know, I started to get all the other components going and um, I think the micro SD card will be on the bottom. So uh, Linux Feather could be coming soon.
0: Okay, you were saying.
1: Sorry, I was so excited. Um, I actually wanted to make a Linux Feather for a really long time. I got these MediaTek modules a long time ago. Um, but uh, you know I, what I like about this is um, it's very inexpensive. And like, there's people who used this chip. There's like this Linux business card, and um, there's build support for it. So um, I thought it could be a good start because it's inexpensive enough that if it doesn't work out, I don't I don't feel too bad about it.
0: Okay. And that's top secret for the week. All right, rolling right into the questions. We have a few lined up. Yeah. It's up to you. You can answer this because top secret, we don't always answer questions mm-hmm. about it. We used to call it, it's not out yet, don't ask. Okay. But then we have like top secret because there's these things. I but anyways, know, okay. um, earlier today, yes, we showed off a Linux feather board and the works is going to be a two layer board. I don't know yet. Don't know yet. Okay. Next up, is there a resource to use to figure out the name of various connectors from pictures? I like to buy various pigtails for landscape power supplies used in holiday inflatable decorations, and it's difficult to find matching connectors when the power supply fails. It's
1: really hard. Um, I, I don't really know any way other than just experience. There's no visual like machine learning thing so far that's been good at identifying it because there's these such little details to look for. Um, I would just post it in electronics form and just say, hey, does anyone know what this connector is? Honestly, people do that to me, and I usually can, like, point out yeah. what it is.
0: Sometimes they tag us, and we can figure it out. Um, I just put in my Adafruit order from my dog's new collar. Yay! Is it possible and affordable to have a custom flexible surface mount PCB made? I would go inside, Corey's collar, I guess that's the name of the dog, with the micro, GPS, and lower modules, and spread out for thinness. It would be neat to surface mount the parts, then uh, hand wire them.
1: It's tough, because I think... I wouldn't recommend it because, honestly, a flex PCB is not meant to be flexed. It's meant to be, like, flexed once in a hard case. It's not meant to be actually twisted. It, it would crack. So even though it's annoying to um, wire stuff, um, I think if you use silicone wires, I think you'll actually be happier in the long run.
0: Okay. Good advice from Light All right, question. You showed the ESP doing video out while a simple connection. Any plans on a breakout, something like a backpack, featherwing or... Uh, could the pin be manipulated to go to a quick connector or to a breakout?
1: Yeah, that actually goes out on the DAC pin and I don't know if we would do a feathering. Um, it's actually quite simple. If you can just Google for like ESP32 and TSC output or wait till JP writes a guide, it's like literally like two resistors and um, an RCA jack. So not sure if we'll make a custom hardware for it, but you know, you can pretty much free wire it.
0: Okay. Next up, is it relatively easy to upload a bootloader to the RP2040 chip? I want to design a board from scratch. I previously loaded bootloaders on a few different AVR chips.
1: You don't have to because the bootloader is built into ROM. Weird, huh? You can't brick it. You can't delete it. If you hold down the CS pin while it's powered, it will automatically enter a USB bootloader mode. Super freaky, uh, but it does work really well. And it's, uh, it's UF2 compatible, which is great.
0: Yes. Next up. Will a touchscreen version of the new 1.9-inch TFT display become available, or are there touchscreens of this size feasible and useful?
1: I don't know. Um, if one comes available, I'll definitely take a look at it. I haven't seen anything yet.
0: Okay. Um, the redesigned ESP32 S2 boards, are they otherwise equivalent to the prior ones, already sold except for the lower power draw and deep sleep, so, no, uh, so longer battery life?
1: Yeah, for the Cutie Pie ESP32 S2, um, yeah, they'll have much longer battery life if you're using deep sleep mode. If you're not using deep sleep mode, then the battery life doesn't matter. Like it's only in that particular low power sleep mode that the power consumption was much higher than it should be. And it's now, now fixed.
0: All right. Uh, what kind of flexible connectors are used in older slider and flip founds?
1: Um, they really did all use flux. I mean, flex, um PCBs have been around for a lot longer than you think they were making them in the seventies. They were just very expensive. Um, So, yeah, they use flex PCBs, polyamide PCBs, just like we use now.
0: Will the feather be denoted in the catalog pages? I'm sorry. I think that means the Linux feather. Will it be? Yeah. Once once we have it, it'll be there. Yeah, we'll have a feather. But right now it's not there yet. It doesn't
1: exist. I really just started the schematic. It's in here. It's in in there. And And to only get it out, you have to put pad tie in. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your preferred connector for single wires and small gauge wires bullet spade along those lines?
1: I kind of like I'm actually liking the JST SH's I'm using for quick connectors. They're very they're very small and compact They're one millimeter you can't hand solder them and you can fit a lot of pins in one millimeter pitch
0: Okay, uh, do you think a guide for discontinued products could be useful? I get bummed uh, when saving up and it's bye-bye. Maybe it's cheaper to build rambling. Thank you for your sharing and encouraging so I think I will say, if I understand this question, is it good to document something? The answer is always yes. So even if you have a discontinued product or project, um, you should document it and get it out there. Because you never know who's going to need it later. Um, There's a lot of good reasons to, to publish.
1: Yeah, and we pretty much do not discontinue stuff if we can keep making it. The only time we discontinue is if we can't get it. Like, you cannot get a Pi Zero right now. So it's like, it's not discontinued, it's just totally unavailable. Yeah. Or like, you know, we had a, a really cute cat lamp kit and the company, like, their website's gone. Like, like they just poof into thin air. And um, that does happen about, you know, once or twice a month, we contact a company that we buy stuff from and, and they don't reply to us. And there's there's really no warning, unfortunately. Um, it just kind of happens. It's part of life. Uh, but you know, anything that we manufacture in house, as long as we can get the components, we will continue manufacturing it until we get less than like 10 sales a year.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've been experimenting with the 40 pin RGB TFT friend and some microcontrollers. Do you know of any experiments done with driving such displays with the RP2040 or SP32? I, the SP32 doesn't
1: have enough pins. Um, the RP2040 might, I think there is probably a demo for driving, um, you know, TTL displays, or if not, it could be done with PIOs, but you would have to do it in like three color. Like you wouldn't be able to drive all 16 or 24 bit color. Cause there's not enough pins. So you'd probably drive it like nine bit color or maybe like 12 bit color where you just like tie the low pins to ground. And it's, could be possible, but it doesn't have a native support. I think the ESP32-S3 might have uh, TTL output support. It's, you just need a hell of a lot of pins, and so it's quite rare.
0: Okay. And then do you think the cost, the price of OLEDs will ever come down?
1: No, OLEDs are just expensive. They're much more expensive than TFTs. It's just they're, they're cool looking, but they're just more expensive. All right. So actually sometimes you'll see like, you know, on your like little uh, cell phone hotspot. It looks like an OLED, but it's actually a TFT like to make it look more expensive. They have the TFT in monochrome mode. Yeah. It's like makes no sense, but they they want it to look like an OLED because like old style um, uh, hotspots used to use OLEDs. Yeah. It's kind of freaky. And those are questions. That's questions.
0: All right, that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much, everyone. We're getting out of here at nine o'clock on the dot tonight. We got a bunch of stuff to do. Yay. Thank you so much for tuning in. We very much appreciate it. Don't forget, the code is Whisket, 10% off in the Adafruit store. Um, you get free stuff like all these things when you fill your card up with goodies.
1: Stay tuned, more cool hardware is coming.
0: We have a lot going on, we'll uh, a go lot on. of videos coming up, a lot of new hardware. We are Designing and redesigning a bunch of things. Special thanks to Jesse May behind the scenes in the Aid Fruit Slack chat and more. And uh, just wanted to say, uh, send it out good, peaceful vibes. Hopefully, we can all come together and find, um, find ways to connect with one another. You know, everyone makes something, and uh, it's been a tough couple of years. And I'm hoping we can all get together and uh, continue the movement towards peace and uh, building. Yes. Yeah so we'll see everybody next week thanks so much this has been a native fruit production this is your moment of zener
1: have a great week everyone